Amen. I want to invite our mission president to come, and he's going to challenge us today. And I want to publicly thank Barry for all the work that he has put in in preparing for these last two weeks, last week and this week, uh, because he called and very uh, humbly said, Pastor, uh, this is your plan. What do you want to do? And I said, well, Barry, whatever you have planned, go for it. And he's done that. He's done a good job. Give him a hand. Would you do that? Thank you, Barry. Well, um, you know, most churches don't do two weeks of Faith Promise Sundays. They usually do one week. And I just, I'm so thankful that our new pastor, when we said, hey, we're doing two weeks, he said, great, that's awesome. So thank you, Tony. Um, I appreciate your heart for missions. I want, I want to say that. Well, Matthew 28, um, 19 and 20 challenges us to go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, this verse is really a call for, I'm going to use the hand mic. Is that, I feel like I'm not, it's not working. There we go. Uh, all right, much better. So this verse is a call to all Christians um, to make disciples, and that includes each one of us. Um, we're all called to go. Part of how the church of the Nazarene continues to fill that, that call is through Faith Promise and the World Evangelism Fund. Um, it's part of how we fund the Great Commission. It's part of how we all go and make disciples. So uh, what exactly is Faith Promise? I get asked this every year, it, it, and so I'm going to say it again. Faith Promise giving is making a promise with God to fund the mission um, to, uh, through what God has placed on your heart. It's what God has placed on your heart. It's not what you think it should be. It's what God has placed on your heart to fund missions around the world, and then trusting God to uh, provide those resources to meet, meet that commitment. It's simply that. Um, it's asking God in faith what you should give to missions uh, around the world. Faith promise is above your tithe, it's, it's, um, it, and every dollar goes directly to um, outreach around the world. Our goal this year, it's $120,000, which, again, is a big step up from where we were last year. And I'm excited about that. It allows us to do more things. Um, and we're, more importantly, though, we want every person at Mission Church to be involved in missions in some way. Uh, whether it's going, it's giving, it's praying, um, all those things, ways that you can be involved. Um, and, and really what, what that allows the Church of the Nazarene to do if we're all involved. And it's not just this local church. It's the church in Africa that's doing the same thing. They're given to faith promise, believe it or not. They're just as faithful as we are, um, maybe more so with their limited means. And so it's every church being involved together to, 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 to do the Great Commission. If you take a look at your Faith Promise brochure, hopefully you've had a chance to look at this, this a little bit. Um, it, it, it talks about, um, you know, we have a lot of things going on in our Faith Promise. There, there, it includes the World Evangelism Fund, which I mentioned. It also includes district projects that we fund. Our trips to Haiti are funded through Faith Promise. Uh, supporting missionaries, our own missionaries um, from our church, local and, uh, and global missions trips. So there's a, a lot of things that it does cover. A big part of our Faith Promise giving is the World Evangelism Fund. And the World Evangelism Fund is what the global church uses to fund missions around the world. It, it funds missionaries in the field. It funds the Global Ministry Center that allows all these things to happen. It funds local um, churches and pastors in, believe it or not, the United States as well as around the world. So 
Uh, the World Evangelism Fund combines sources, resources from, from all the churches around the world and sends missionaries into over 150 world areas now that the Church of Nazarene is in. Um, and it also, again, funds programs like uh, Nazarene Compassion Ministries. Well, your faith promise also helps support our local uh, missionaries. We have missionaries that go out of our church, uh, some in Nazarene or, or organizations, some not. <clears throat> some not. Uh, we, we have um, uh, Elka Mueller, who's in, uh, currently in Mexico. She's been there for over 15 years, serving the people, the Nuato people, translating their, their, um, the Bible into their native tongue. We help support that through, through a faith promise. Uh, the, the Johnsons, who are in Ethiopia, and they're translating into many, many different um, tribal languages so that the people of Ethiopia can come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Again, your faith promise funds that. Also, Steve Horex with Amor Ministries. We help support his ministry. It allows um, Amor to build homes in Mexico and around the world. So that's all part of faith promise. Um, people of Mission Church also go. We've had people go all over the world this year, and one of those is Jasmine uh, Sofut. She's going to come up and share with us a little bit. Let's give Jasmine a big round of applause. <clears throat> this or, yeah, okay. work. Let's see. Yeah? Okay. We practiced this beforehand. <laughs> so. um, all right, Jasmine. So where did you go, and who'd you go with? I was in Katerini, Greece, about an hour outside of Thessaloniki, Greece. First off, it's just so good to see everyone again. I've missed you guys. I was gone for almost four months, so I got my 90-day visa and stayed in Greece um, a little longer than I'd planned. Um, And I was there working in refugee camps for Syrian and Iraqi refugees fleeing um, the war in their countries. How did the Mission Church come alongside you and help you? kind of get there, stay there? Um. Yeah. Well, four and a half months ago, I think I was up here telling you guys about uh, this vision that had been shared with me um, to meet our brothers and sisters in the camps where they're at now. And um, so I stood up here and told you about the educational needs, the medical needs, and how I felt called to help meet those needs. And my church is awesome. (laughs) Um, Mission Church raised an incredible amount of funding that went towards um, providing five classes in Katerini and then in two separate different refugee camps um, where we taught a total of about 300 kids um, with like 10 volunteers (laughs) Um, and also went towards... Um, providing for the mobile medical clinic where I worked on weekends and um, a lot of (laughs) books and papers and pencils and um, backpacks. It was shoes. Yeah, it's amazing. What what was the population you worked with? Why why were they refugees? You said a little bit about that, but maybe share a little more. Yeah, I think um, this next picture, this next slide, Um, shows kind of a snapshot of some of the people that um, are dearest to me. Um, And this also kind of gives you an idea of the people um, that we were meeting in the camps. And if you have a pen and paper, you can jot down their names because I'm going to give them to you. I hope you pray for them. Um, The first is 
a man named Akram. He was a civil engineer in Syria. Um, he's a father of four, grandfather of two, um, loves his family, and has been living by himself for the past seven months um, because his family is spread out all over Europe and, and Turkey um, as they've tried to make the journey to safety in Northern Europe. And so he has currently, he's currently in Portugal. Um, the UNHCR was able to find him a place there, but he, his family is in Germany and Holland and Turkey. Um, so you can be praying that he's reunited with them because he's very lonely. But he's a remarkable man. Um, and then the second picture has a number of girls who are very close to me. They've all have similar stories of their families being torn apart, seeing friends and loved ones die on the boats coming across from Turkey. Um, these girls have been through tremendous trauma and still have such a joy that come, bubbles up from inside them. And then the third picture is one of my dearest friends, Bakiza. She is 17 years old and has been praying um, to get pregnant for the past three years. She got married to her cousin when she was 14. Um, she's from Iraq and is, uh, we didn't have a shared language. <laughs> she spoke Kurdish. I speak a little bit of Arabic, um, but we did our best and we communicated over food. So she made lunch for me every day. Um, I taught in the mornings and then I had a break in between classes and I'd go visit her in her tent and she would whip up naan and, and amazing lentil dishes over, you know, a little fire in the corner. She's amazing. Um, and then the youngest boy on the bottom is Ayman, and he has one of the missionary's kids on his shoulders. He's a Spider-Man fanatic. And then the youngest is a girl named Batul, who um, I met the very first night when her family, um, came, her youngest sister came down with a stomach bug, and we went to the hospital, and the Nazarene church um, provided a vehicle to get her there and provided um, financially for her when her family didn't have money to see Amen. the doctor. Amen. Well, um, you've kind of shared a little bit about what your day's like, but what, what did you do in a typical day? Yeah. Um, well, we were a team of about five. Um, I was there with three long-term missionaries, and um, that's one of their kids there. And then... Um, we had a ton of short-term mission teams come in, too, from, from Point Loma, from Treveca, Nazarene, um, and from all over the world. Um, but every morning, we would drive about 45 minutes up to um, one of the largest camps in the area called Petra. We would drive up. It's up in the mountains, um, and you can be praying for them because it's very cold there now, and they're intense. Um, and, yeah, please be praying for them. Um, but so we would go up. We'd drive up to Petra, and we would teach... One class of 11 to 13-year-olds, about 40 of them, 40 to 50, um, and depending on whether we were having a test that day or not. <laughs> um, and um, so I'd take a break and go hang out with um, young women my age and go cook with them, try to cook with them, um, <laughs> and eat with them, and then um, teach another class. And then we drove to a smaller camp with about 300 Syrian refugees, and there we taught empowerment classes. Um, we did structured activities, anything to kind of keep the kids moving and, and um, to build community in this time of difficulty and sadness. What, what, um, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here. Where, where did you see 
Jesus and all the pain and the suffering? I know when I asked you that question, I said, wow, wow. So I need to have a chance to think about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I saw his comfort through, um, in many, many ways, through people that know Jesus only as a good prophet and a good man. Um, there were so many moments where I was moved to tears listening to stories um, and where I felt broken just, you know, being present with them in this pain. And they would kind of hug me and say, you know, a Lamak, like God is with you, God, like God's got us. And it was such a, a moving expression of his love and his presence with us in the midst of that. I mean, they were reminding me. Um, and I mean, and that came in the form of even young kids. We had a tragic freak accident. A little eight-year-old girl got hit by a car and died um, shortly before I left. And we were devastated. And then it was the little kids, the seven-year-olds, that came and wrapped their arms around us and held us while we wept <laughs> and said, Alamak, Alamak, God is with you. Yeah. Okay, so you, would you go again? And, and, and I always ask this question when someone goes on a trip, because I know for me, I, I ask the question myself, how does the trip change me? How did God speak to me during this time? So, there you Absolutely. go. Absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I wish I could go back right now. Um, yeah, I think certainly one of the biggest oh, lessons I learned was um, the value of being welcomed and having people be present with you. And I mean, my first day, I arrived at the first camp, the small camp, and like I wasn't even out of the car, and kids started grabbing me and pulling me and hugging me, and um, and there was just this like instant welcome, and it's been amazing to be back home with you guys um, and to be welcomed again. And it's just my prayer for my friends, these people, um, that they'll be welcomed in their new destination countries. They don't want to stay in Greece. They're all trying to get to Germany and Holland. And um, so I learned the value of being welcomed and being um, and a, a beautiful homecoming. And, and just a little... Uh, Plug it. I'm going to, there's a refugee family from Myanmar that just recently moved to City Heights. And um, they're friends of my family, and I'm going to be meeting them in a couple weeks. And if anyone would like to come, I'm hoping to share the, the homecoming, the welcome. So, Amen. You know Amen. Thank, thank you, Jasmine. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the schedule. It's 10 till... We have a four-minute video, and then we have. Do we want to skip the video? I guess I'm, we're, we started late, so how much time do I have? Yeah. Okay. We'll show the video at the the family mission trip video at the end of the service. Um, maybe we do that. Yeah. When we're, after we've closed, we'll do that. So I'm gonna. We are gonna. We are gonna do the family mission trip again this year. It's a great opportunity for you to work alongside uh, people in your church. It's a great opportunity to um, uh, work uh, with your kids. Uh, you know, my kids grew up on the family mission trip, and they learned to serve the Lord and to serve people 
in part at the family mission trip. And so I would just encourage you, if you're interested at all, you, you need to sign up, uh, go to the missions table. It's time to do that. And I would encourage you to do that. Paul Plum is going to come up and talk about um, Casa Esperanza para Niños. Uh, we are taking a trip, actually, to uh, it's an orphanage in, in Mexico. Paul's um, on the, the board of directors of that ministry. It's a fabulous ministry. He's going to share about that. And then we'll talk about uh, the trip. I am so happy to be part of it of a church, not just this local church, but the Church of the Nazarene, who takes the Great Commission and the Great Commandments seriously. Um, and from your testimony, and there, there are so many uh, opportunities that we have to be obedient, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind, love our neighbor as ourself, and to go into all the world and, and tell them about him and what it means to follow him and be a follower of Christ. I want to talk to you about a specific ministry today, Casa Esperanza para Niños, which is an orphanage in Hermosillo, Mexico, which is the capital of the state of Sonora, right across from um, Arizona. And I've had the opportunity to be involved there for about 15 years. Faith Promise has been so important to that city, to the Church of the Nazarene there, and to this ministry that I'm going to tell you about. When, when I first arrived there, there were five Nazarene churches in Hermosillo and in the area around them. And now, in Hermosillo and the area around them, there are ten. And every time that I went to help start another church... Faith Promise Funds went along with us as, as we helped those churches to be founded and to, to build. Um, the ministry that I want to tell you about is Casa Esperanza, and it's an orphanage. Even though legally it's not a Nazarene ministry, it's a Nazarene ministry. The kids all go to Nazarene churches. The employees go to Nazarene churches. Um, so it's, it is a Nazarene ministry. In a moment, in about 30 seconds, I'm going to ask them to show a video about Casa but I just ask you to, um, to open your hearts and to see the opportunities. There's so many things to us that are, are difficult to understand, but this is one that's so easy for me. When you have children without parents, I mean, the Bible's so clear, you know, to help the, the widows and the orphans and to, to help the poor and to love those, to love your neighbor as yourself. Open your heart to this for just a moment and uh, learn a little bit about Casa, a Nazarene orphanage in Hermosillo, Mexico. Man, I'm going to ask Anita and Darina to come up if they would, um, just to share a little bit more information. There are now three houses open at Casa. Um, Barry mentioned that I'm on the board of directors, so is my wife Marlene, so are Joan and Joan Watkins. That's the U.S. board, and these two ladies are on the Mexico board, which is kind of a sister um, 501c3 here, a sister corporation there. But... When I first went there 15 years ago, eight children, until about six months ago, um, we had grown to 34, 35 children. In the last three months, um, we're now at 45 children, but we turn children away all the time. And just because we're not able to, to take care of them. But these two ladies have dedicated their lives to making that ministry happen. And I just wanted to give them the opportunity to tell you a little bit more about Rosa and Teresa, who are amazing young ladies that were in the video, and then share their hearts about the, the ministry at Casa. Um, Anita is the pastor's wife at Central Church of the Nazarene, and Darina also goes to that church. And um, I'll just turn it over to them. Share your hearts. Good morning to you all. Uh, we're so excited to be here and uh, so nervous to be speaking to you right now. 
my name is Anna Olivia, but every, everyone calls me Anita. Uh, it's like a nickname. It's the same. Um, I'm from, as Paul said, from a Nazarene church in Hermosillo, and my husband has been a pastor for 25 years. Not on that same church, but uh, we have uh, some years being in the ministry. Um, I'm uh, Darina, and I are here this morning to have you or to have you meet Casa Esperanza. I'm sure you have heard uh, things about Casa for for some time with Paul being here. <laughs> He's uh, he loves Casa. He loves the children. Um, uh, I, have been a, I have been involved in CASA since it began in 1999. Uh, back then, I met two wonderful people from another Nazarene church in, um, in Chandler, Adana and Jim Cullenberg, who just uh, passed away recently. Um, at that time, uh, they shared their uh, vision and their dream uh, uh, for the for the children of, of Sonora on that time. And uh, uh, well, uh, some of us embraced uh, that dream, and I joined uh, the Casa team uh, since then. At the present time, I function as secretary of our, our board, Mexican board. Almost all of us are uh, from the Nazarene Church also. And um, I also work for CASA uh, as a sponsor coordinator, helping them, uh, the sponsor, helping the sponsors uh, to be in touch with the children they help uh, through like a pen pal uh, system. Um, uh, every day... Uh, as I see the children and get to know their their stories, uh, their backgrounds, um, I can see more clearly what or the, the all the love that God has for them, because uh, knowing their story, I, I'm sure God has something different for them. For He wants something different for their future. I have seen the ministry uh, grow in experience in number of children and in needs as well. You can imagine uh, 45 children <laughs> running around and, and uh, having all kinds of needs. But um, through all the times uh, that I've been um, involved in CASA, God has provided for everything that uh, the children need. Many people have gotten involved in helping, giving their time, their skills, their resources, and, and the most important thing, much, much love for the children and that ministry. Casa Esperanza has a purpose of giving all, the, uh, of all uh, our children um, uh, clothing and food, uh, uh, loving them, uh, having a family environment for them to grow uh, in, and uh, uh, especially also equipment, equip them with education. Casa Esperanza doesn't 
give away children in adoption. Casa Esperanza has the, the, the dream and the vision to equip them all the way through college education if they want to study a career so they can be prepared and have better opportunities in life. And most of that, most of, uh, most important is the opportunity that they're having there uh, to know Christ uh, as, uh, as the two young ladies that you saw in the, in the video. They, uh, they got to know Christ uh, after being in so uh, desperate um, position and, and possessions of, of, of life. So, um, today with me is uh, my friend Darina. <laughs> she also is part of our staff and uh, also part of uh, CASA's board. She will share a little bit more about what she's doing and what God is doing also through her. Hola. <laughs> <laughs> My English is too bad, so Anita is going to help me. Eh, mi nombre es Darina. My name is Darina. Estoy actualmente trabajando en Casa Esperanza como voluntaria. Uh, today I'm working for Casa Esperanza as a volunteer. Yo siempre había escuchado de Casa Esperanza porque nació... En, en, en el corazón de, de pastores cristianos cobijados por, por, por iglesias nazarenas. I had always um, had heard about casa since uh, that dream uh, was born in the heart of, uh, of people and pastors from our Nazarene churches. Y eventualmente yo visitaba Casa Esperanza. And eventually I got to visit several times uh, Casa Esperanza. Pero un día... Una idea se me pasó por mi mente. But one, one day, uh, an idea just crossed my mind. Y dije, yo creo que podría dejar todo un año de, de mi vida para dedicarme a Casa Esperanza. And I thought to myself, I think I could uh, just put aside my job and work for Casa Esperanza for a whole year. Pero dije, han de ser ideas mías. But then I also thought to myself, oh, this must be just my idea. But every time that I went um, back to casa, I felt something burned inside. And it got stronger every time. And I remember that one time in my devotions, uh, in the morning, escuché una voz aquí en mi corazón que dijo, "Yo soy tu papá. Yo te llamé. Yo I, te voy a sostener. I heard a voice inside of me that uh, that told me, "I am your father. I am going to take care of you." Y con esas palabras fueron para mí más que suficiente para tomar el reto. And those words uh, were um, more than enough for me to take the challenge. El reto más fuerte fue la crítica de gente cristiana y no cristiana que decía, ¿cómo vas a dejar tu trabajo? ¿Cómo vas a dejar tus planes, tu vida, tu, tu futuro? The hardest uh, challenge at that moment uh, was the, the, the critics of, uh, uh, of the people, 
Christian and non-Christian people who would tell me, how are you putting aside your job? What are you going to do? Pero tener la convicción de que Dios me lo dijo para mí ha sido más que suficiente. But having the conviction that it was God who told me to do that, it was more than enough. Y conocer las historias de estas niñas. Then to know the stories of the, of the girls. Y, 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 y estar convencida y saber que Dios sigue transformando vidas, sigue cambiando eh, eh, vidas. And having the conviction that is God that is, uh, keeps transforming and changing lives. Que el nombre de Cristo sigue teniendo poder. And that the name of Christ still has power. Es muy emocionante para mí poder ser parte de este proyecto. It is very exciting for me to keep on being part of, the, of this project. Y ver cómo la gloria de Dios está sobre este lugar, sobre estas casas, sobre estos niños. And to see how the glory of God is uh, over the, the house, over the children, and in and, and, and this ministry. Y estoy a la expectativa de lo que Dios va a hacer. And I, I'm very expectant, is that the correct word, of God? of what God is going to do uh, in the coming time. Y les agradezco mucho la oportunidad que nos dan de poder platicar sobre este proyecto que sé que nació en el corazón de Dios. And I thank you very much for the opportunity that you give me to speak a little bit of this ministry. Uh, uh, excuse me, what <laughs> that I know uh, comes from the heart of God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was beautiful. Um, well, so why why do we do faith promise? It's because churches get started in Mexico that lead to a ministry, that lead to kids being saved. <laughs> I always get emotional, sorry. <laughs> but kids, get, kids are being made whole because someone sometime a long time ago gave to Faith Promise. It made a difference in some churches and people in Mexico. We, we, we give because Nazarene Compassion Ministries is able to be funded that allows someone like Jasmine to go and be the hands and feet of Jesus to people that are just, they don't want to be there. <laughs> you know, they're, they're not there by choice. Um, Jasmine goes because she's called and because the Church of the Nazarene is willing to, to send, willing to, willing to spend the money, willing to spend the people, uh, the time it takes. So that's why we do Faith Promise. I had something else I was going to say, but no. That's why we do Faith Promise. So, we're, Tony, uh, we're going to get up here and talk a little bit okay so we want to we want to respond to the challenge today and and many of you received the card last sunday and uh, uh we had some extra cards i'm wondering about that so so anyhow let's go ahead and just take a moment and uh, i want to have the guys with the cards uh just raise your hand if you do not have a card even if you haven't made a decision i want to just make sure you have a card in your hand today if you've not brought your card back with you so guys hand those cards out raise your hand if you do not have a card in hand today we want to make sure that everybody has a card unless you brought one back with you okay make sure everybody gets a card uh the challenge we have that before us there in the, the pamphlet and it's not so much about that number as it is about the ministry, uh, 
the lives that are being changed as Barry and these beautiful ladies just shared with us. Um, what an effective tool that we have to make an impact on our world for Christ. Amen. And you are a part of that. That's the exciting thing is that we, a local church, can have an, a kingdom impact through this giving. And, uh, uh, you know, I believe in the stewardship of faith promise. I really do. And I believe that we can reach this goal. So I want to invite you, uh, just take a moment right now. And uh, if you don't have a pen, reach across to your neighbor and borrow their pen. Or I'm sure one of the ladies has a pen in their purse. And let's just take a moment and mark our cards. And then we're just going to kind of have a march in just a bit. And as I pray, I'm going to invite you just to come uh, and just lay your card on this altar today. And you do not, you're not putting your name on it. You see that? So you're not going to receive a dunning notice. So you don't have to worry about that. Uh, but this is your commitment to the Lord. And maybe not even the amount that you think that you can afford. You, you follow me on that? Because if you think, okay, I can budget this then it may not be the faith promise that God has for you. But an amount that you think, well, man, I don't know if I can ever afford this or not. But in faith, you're saying, Lord, I'm going to give this because I believe, Lord, that you're laying that on my heart and you're going to provide. And you don't know where it's going to come from and you're just going to be faithful today. Amen. So let's do that. I'm going to pray and uh, let's mark our cards. And then the band, are they still here in the room? Uh, we're kind of late, uh, I know, but... but um, this is a big deal. So I'm going to have them play something in the background. And in a closing act, you'll just come and lay your card on the altar. And then you'll be able to leave at that point. So uh, we'll just allow that, uh, that, that, that movement to be our last movement for this service. Let us pray. Precious Father in heaven, I thank you, God, for, Lord, all the work that's happened uh, down through the years and the decades. And how uh, money that was given ten years ago is still having an impact. And that, Lord, ministry is being developed not only for, Lord, the, our, our families in this church and, and what we're experiencing. And, Lord, we're, we're impacting people's lives, whether we're sending them overseas or whether it's just across the border. I pray, Lord, that you just bless this faith promise pledge. And it's possible right now somebody came in here and they had a certain amount on their mind, a certain figure. But you're changing that now. You're maybe doubling that. You're, you're, Lord, you're responding right now to that prayer. And, Lord, I pray that you just speak to that man, that woman, or maybe even a teenager today. Doesn't matter what her age is, we can give to the kingdom, the work of the kingdom. And so, Father, I pray that you just speak to that heart right now as we respond. The Holy Spirit leads us. And we bring our card. We lay it on the altar. We ask this in Jesus Christ's glorious name. Amen.